Everybody dance now. Bam, 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 bam. Right, see you later, man. All right, peace out, dude. I just can't get it out of my head. I just can't get it out of my head after, after the movie we watched. Well, your fucked up mind? My fucked up mind, because this is the B-Movie Breakdown. It's a weekly podcast. It's my emotional breakdown. <laughs> it's a weekly podcast where you find the humor and enjoyment. Can you imagine as <laughs> the first thing you hear? Is just, this is turn this episode off. Some idiot going, dot, dot, dude. Like, well, give that a shot. <laughs> Throw that one in the trash. Oh, I haven't listened to Nick and Corey in a while. What are they up to? Well, never mind. <laughs> All right, pass. Well, I can start it off regular. Welcome to B-Movie Breakdown, episode number 246. It's a weekly podcast where we find the humor and enjoyment in awesome and awesome and bad films of the past and present, home of the good, the bad, the what the fuck. What the fuck, dude? Each week's movie will be revealed to you on the prior episode, so you two can join in on the madness. We always let you know where you can find those movies as well. This week's movie is available on Hulu, HBO On Demand, so check it out there. Uh... Yes. Once we reveal the title, if you didn't already know what the title is, by clicking on the episode of the fucking podcast. I mean, yeah, I like that aggressiveness. That's true. Uh, I'm Corey, and that just talking was Nick. Yeah, it's me. We might have some uh, some different names for each other uh, later on yeah. the podcast, but that'll uh, stupid. It's a little tease for the uh, for the movie and uh, the discussion about it. Uh, you can reach us on our website bmbpodcast.com. Email bmbpodcast at gmail.com if you have a movie you want us to watch. Or uh, recommendations, or one you made, or anything like that. If it sucks, I'll tell you. Yeah, if it sucks, we'll tell you. So be cautious. Uh, we will be honest, and you can reach us on social media at B Movie Breakdown. Nick, do you have some things that you want to plug? Besides your mouth and your asshole. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> at least not much. Just deal. being wow. Yeah, I ain't doing that. That's not what I'm into. I'm just into ass and mouths. <laughs> Hey, teach their own. Yeah, whatever, man. Who cares? If you would like to follow more of my madness, you can just follow me at Scheduled Stories on my Instagram. It's where I post a lot of drawings and stuff. And um, since that's what I do. And a lot of my drawings are in relation to their podcast I do called Weird and Feared, where you can find pretty much where you find this podcast. You can listen to me and my good friend Zach talk about monsters, madness, mysteries, spooky stuff, crazy things, creatures. You know, we spent last week talking about Chance the Snapper. Sometimes we talk about because that situation. Imagine if it wasn't like a gator, like an actual like monster, like back in the seventies, like the same kind of like the newspapers, the media attention. Yeah, people. It just so happens in this situation, we knew it was a gator and we knew where to find it. But mysterious reports of crazy creatures would kind of go about the same way. So we talk about that, which nice. is fun. Nice. Because and also, if you didn't know, there's been other gators in Chicago. I believe it. Well, let's just say a hundred years ago in the Columbian Fair, the Columbian Expedition, the World's Fair, fair that's near and dear to my heart, somebody wanted to put on a spectacle and thought it was a cool idea to take two gators from Florida and then drop them in the Jackson Park Lagoon. Now, they're alligators from Florida. The lagoon is fed by Lake Michigan. It's pretty smart, huh, guys? It's pretty go. smart. So, just as a preview, because I'll just finish telling the story. So, like, one of, they noticed the gators get pneumonia, okay? One of them starts shaking, and the gators are named General Davis and Columbus. Well, General Davis, um, he he got the shivers because he was put into Michigan. And by the way, this is happening in May. Okay. May. Illinois. 100 years ago. Might be kind of cold, yeah? So they yank out the gators, 
and then they put the gators in a warm environment. They actually decided to put them into a room that's heated because that would make sense. Well, it was too late for General Davis. Davis dies. Okay, so they're going to ship the gators back to Florida or ship them somewhere. So they put them in boxes. And then I found the newspaper article and it says, quote, they tasked an Irishman. No name. <laughs> in an era where they would give somebody's first and last name and their home address. This guy was just called an Irishman. So again, everything is racist. So then the Irishman goes into a retrieve a gator. Now whether he didn't care enough to listen or if nobody paid attention to him. Maybe there was no Irishman. Oh no, there was. But no one told him which box had the dead gator and which one had the live gator. So he had a 50-50 chance of going and getting the dead gator. Well, he used his axe and ripped open the box where the live gator was, and it proceeded to attack him as he grabbed its tail. It didn't bite him, but it was whipping him around. So basically, he's hightailed it out of there. They also, catching these gators was not done in a humane manner either. But this that was the story of two gators in Chicago from the past. Again, little taste of weird and feared. But I mean, the story is wild. It's insane. Everything's crazy. Everything's crazy and everything's racist. Hey, welcome to America. What can I say? It's like two gators going in the woods. Just ain't right. Well, that's what you said there. <laughs> that's where that went, huh? I can't take it. I can't take the world. It's falling apart. And then you just maybe picture two gators holding hands walking to the woods. And then a guy with like a toothpick in his mouth going, that ain't right. And I'm like, I quit. <laughs> I quit. That's what I pictured in my head. <laughs> the two gators had suspenders on <laughs> with their tails poking out. Then there was some there's some bigoted hillbilly just with his toothpick or or a piece of like wheat in his mouth, straw hat. Well, well, great. Well, great. Cool. Well, you know what? It's time for everybody to dance now because this week on the podcast we are going to discuss the 1995 JTT Chevy Chase Disney comedy family classic. Man of the House. That ain't right. It's the best of the worst. B-movie breakdown. 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 So doing a little research on the Indian Guides... Yes. To see, because I didn't realize this was a real thing. Uh, when nope. I was growing up, it was Cub Scouts. Correct. Uh, so I was in the Cub Scouts. I didn't really go to the YMCA, so I didn't know about the Indian Guide program being a thing, but apparently it is a thing. Even seeing this movie, I probably just assumed as a kid that was some sort of, like, made-up. I know, I know for they, a fact like, my younger self thought it was a made-up thing. Yeah, they couldn't use Boy Scouts, so they right. used this. It was I thought it was made up as a kid, but apparently it's real. Yeah, even back then I knew about brands and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. <laughs> I didn't know that. But uh, it was around from 1926 to 2006, so it was around for 80 years. Solid. And then eventually they the YMCA and the United States... Of America? America deemed it uh, culturally insensitive. I mean, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like, though, there was a Native American man in this movie who seemed to be okay with it, and 
in the credits it was mentioned that his family and tribe and things like that were very involved in the hopefully he got lots of money yes but I, I when I typed in Indian guides YMCA on Google yes I found an article from 2015 in Lagrange Illinois this is a Chicago Tribune article throw it at me so not long after Andrea Barnwell moved to Lagrange earlier this year she learned about a local YMCA group designed to strengthen bonds between fathers and their children the cro- the program beloved by many of her neighbors sounded terrific except for its name she was a uh, uh, this woman Andrea Barnwell is of Ojibwe I would believe it's a uh, Ojibwe yeah uh, she's of Ojibwe it's... descent and she's like how yeah so the apparently this Lagrange chapter Lagrange chapter uh, based at the local YMCA but run almost entirely by volunteers maintained its traditions they never stopped. Uh, never stopped. A decade after it had been the YMCA of the USA labeled the uh, culturally inceptive and urged them to stop, uh, urged their ban- abandonment. Well, doesn't that sound like part of an Alanis Morissette song? What if we, what if all the white people take all the Native Americans and put them in their own special little, we'll just call them, Reservations. Well, I like, I'm, and then take all their land away, and so after they've all been moved away, then the white people start having Native American guides. Well, I, Indian guides. Reservations sound cool to me. I make reservations for like uh, dinner and things like that. <laughs> it's a good thing. So it sounds like a good thing. What if you were forced to make those reservations across thousands and thousands of miles away from your home? I mean, they, and like this is this is usually for you. I make reservations for food, so they, they're they like, this food? is for you. Yeah, it's a turd sandwich, and you get to live there at the behest <laughs> at the behest of the United I'm not, States. I'm not a fan of this. At anymore. the behest of the United States government. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this. Yeah, no human being should be. No. So she was uh, she was willing to let it go at first, but when her daughter brought home a flyer from the group inviting the family to an informational powwow. I was invited. Hello. She said, I've looked up the information on the Indian princesses and I find it to be extremely racist and offensive. Their participants dress in native American regalia, calling, call themselves names based on real tribes and drum and chant in the style they deem. Why was this always a thing? The thing is though, the difference between what was happening here in the movie was one made up tribe? Absolutely made, made up. up names. Uh-huh. Made up everything. Yes, and they were uh, pretty self aware as far as like not doing uh, things that Native Americans uh, would deem offensive and things like that. The one kid even mentions it when Chevy Chase goes to do his little speech, and he he mentions like he's doing it like this old TV show where they would have Italians play Native Americans. Right. He even mentions the history of that, and he yeah. mentions like. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk like this just for the story purpose because it's from this show. Uh-huh. He's referencing a thing. Yeah, so, F Troop. So he see, he mentions he's referencing a thing. That's why he, he does it in the in the stereotypical, like, uh, how, yes, this is, yeah. you know, like uh, Native American speak. And, uh, oh, yes, apparently she was quite upset uh, by this. And uh, Well, imagine how horrifying that you just walk in to this thing. 
and this is based off of your way of life, and you're like, oh, God. Apparently, some, like, the YMCA ended up saying, like, uh, they were going to try to work with them to, like, change things up, you know, not ha- and if they're not willing to transition, they have to operate outside the, the YMCA. Right. So, where are they operating now? Because I'm assuming they didn't stop. Yeah, so what do they call themselves now? Uh, do we I, have any idea? I, I don't know what they call because, themselves. Because there's no way this group stopped doing this. Um, it, it seems like the that they did stop doing this for the... Uh, it mentions, though, that there were, like, this, like, Prairie Trail Federation board that was, like, the group of, like... You know, like, the Cub Scouts would have their, like, uh, troops, you know, and then they would have, like, the main thing of, like, the... They have council Region. They have counsels. councils. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of, like, set up similar way. Uh, do, but, you know, do you know what our council was? Do you remember? In this area? No. I remember my troop was like 444. Four, four. Probably. Because when I was in, yeah, was uh, also 4 late. It was the Rainbow Council. Yes, the Rainbow Council. I do I do remember that. I remember that that was a thing, and you got the Rainbow Council like badge mm-hmm. on your uh, on your scout uniform. You'd see other troops from other places, and they had like demons or hawks, or maybe not demons. I don't think I mean, had <laughs> demons. I wish. Yeah, but you know, then we just get the rainbow. Yeah, we were the Rainbow Council. I'd be like, we God. were progressive around. here. I was here. like, it was God's promise, bitch. Yeah, we were real progressive around here, so that's why we had the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That's this area. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's this area. You're right. Uh, I do remember though, like when I was in the Cub Scouts, uh, you know, you did like your arrow of light thing mm-hmm. that was like a transition into Boy Scouts. Oh yeah, so you made you made the cutoff. You did that and you were done, huh? Yep. Good I call. did that and I was I remember doing that mm-hmm. and then going to like the first Boy Scout meeting and then being like, yeah, I'm done. I'm too old for this. It's not, yeah. I might have been, I don't know what grade, maybe 8th grade. 8th grade was that? No, maybe 5th no, grade. No, I think it was like 5th or 6th grade no, or something grade. like that. Like before you went into like It was 5th grade. Yeah. Out of elementary school. Yeah. Before junior high or high school. Yeah. I remember being like, yeah, I'm too... Pass. Pass. Too old for this. Can't keep a... One of my... Honest, this is hilarious saying that, but one of my favorite memories from Boy Scout camp, I went away from everybody else because I was fucking annoyed. And I just finished the Michael Crichton Jurassic Park in my tent. Nice. And I just like, that's a good book. That's one of my favorite memories. Just keep that in mind. That was one of my best. Like, nice. It's a good book. I was like, huh, man. <laughs> well, there you go. You had a, you created that memory in, in the uh, mm-hmm. in the scouts. I did. The uh, I can't find anything about what they ended up doing here. Uh, they were basically the the YMCA was demanding like you're gonna change this shit. Like, yeah, come on, we stopped. The fact this. that you didn't and like you have been doing this thus far. Obviously, like the YMCA is huge, so they're not keeping track of every single. Well, going that on just shows little... you. That just shows you white people left alone. But it's also like YMCA is huge, but like they're all a lot of them were all like privately, you, you know. Like, well, it's there's too many. It's they're small. owned by right. they're and they're mainly gyms and things like that. Well, they do have like, kids camps and things like that. Um, but uh, somebody from like one in Schaumburg uh, was mentioning that they had they went through the transition uh-huh. back when it was when they were told you know you need to not do this anymore, and it says like being the, the guy said being politically correct for the sake of Political correctness is one thing, but being politically correct because it's the right thing to do because we've offended people, I think we have to do that. The advice to dads who are concerned about it, this is don't knock something you haven't tried. Well, this guy sounds like a super snowflake to me. <laughs> How dare you back down? Yeah, don't back down because this woman was... Somebody was actually set. offended about you, you legitimately appropriating her culture. Yeah. 
It's just, I can't, it's just crazy. It was around for 80 years, and it's something that, for the up until now, I thought was a fake thing in this movie. Yeah, do you know what happened about about 80 years ago? We were about done wiping him out. We were about done. Well, I, I mean, right. you didn't do it, and I didn't do it. The United States government did, and we're in a state called Illinois, which is an Indian name. We made them leave. This town is also Indian-based. This is true. Mascot. So how come How come it was easier for the YMCA to knock this shit off and all these high schools are still using Indian names and legitimate slurs? Can't leave white people alone. <laughs> Don't trust the whites. I think it's just, there's just too many of them. <laughs> not white people, but like... Well, that, I mean, I'm not going to argue that I just that don't want to like say there's too many people and things like that. Like, I'm sort of like weird, like... Thanos talk? Yeah, Thanos talk. Yeah, Thanos yeah. talk is bad. Uh, just like, there's too many schools that have those names. I mean, come on, guys. But, uh... Right? I mean, you can't... Yeah, it's not good. But before we really, but before we really get the ball This is more here, fun to talk about than this fucking movie. It is. But it, it kind of relates. Because why, why does this movie exist, it relate, too? It re- no, what I'm going to say is relates to, you know, this, this talk we're having about the Native American things and names of things and things like that. I think before we get going, uh, as tradition in the, uh, what was it, the Minotauk tribe. Oh, my God. I think we need to give uh, each other uh, our oh, Minotaur tribe names. I hate you. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what is the... Uh, mm. What is the name that you would give me for my Minotaur tribe name? If we stick with their bullshit, it has to be an animal. Yeah, it has to be an animal. So I can't just call you, like, piece of shit. (laughs) Right. Because that's what I was going to do. But I'm like, that would not fit with the tradition. Uh. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to be as funny out loud. Yeah, it won't be as funny. But when it popped in my head, it made me laugh. All right. So you will give me my name after I give you your name. And you're a horse's ass. <laughs> oh, well, uh, the name I was thinking of in my head is not as rude as horse's ass. <laughs> so I will uh, have to be... You could do both. I'll be known as horse's ass for yeah. the rest of the episode. But I was going to call you uh, Sneaky Rat. Jesus Christ, Sneaky Rat! Did you know that was my zodiac sign? Or Chinese calendar year. That's what it is. Oh, year I, of the rat. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was accurate though. Wow. There you go. Sneaky rat? That's offensive in a more mundane way. I just went vulgar rude. You're like, you're a sneaky little rat. What the fuck? Well, I immediately I was just thinking of like what's like a gross, like rude animal. And I was like rats. And then I thought about pizza. Pe- then I thought about pizza rat. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, running rat. I was like, no, that's like... And I was like, oh, sneaky rat. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, sneaky rat. So yeah, you'll you'll be known as sneaky rat. Well, I am glad I called you a horse's ass. <laughs> horse's ass. All right, H.A., what do you got for me now? Uh, for, for, the, for those who don't know about Man of the House, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, there's a lot of these movies that took place in the, in, in the 90s where the uh, broken home movies, uh, correct? Usually, more more often than not, 
the deadbeat dad type scenario, dad leaves, or, uh, you know, you had your divorced parents ones too, so it's not necessarily anybody being the bad guy here. Yeah, this one is a little more like he's just up and out. Yeah, it's oh, it's almost kind of similar to the Angels in the Outfield. The dad was there, but he was real shitty and shouldn't have been there. But didn't he get better though? No, he doesn't get better. The uh, he just Danny take... Glover ad- adopts both kids. Oh, he takes them away. That's Yeah, he's a real shit piece. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. The dad sucks. He leaves. He takes off on his motorcycle. Uh, he said he'll come back when the Angels win the pennant. Right. That was his whole thing. Uh-huh. He, he sucked. He was he was a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, but his piece of shit motivated the whole movie. This is true. But that's what happens. Uh, the strife kind of pushes forward. And unlike that movie where things motivate things, uh, the strife here is, is more like uh, it deters the character of Ben from ever trusting another man uh, to be with his mom. Yeah, it's an emotional scar. So it, this movie is pretty much Farrah Fawcett plays uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's mother. His name is Ben. Her name, it's, I it's something Archer. I could not remember what her name was the entire movie. Uh, she's she's in it, but she's like not in it as much as everybody else. She's the whole. I mean, she's the reason it happens. Right. She's her a name plot is device. Sandy. Sandy Archer and uh, Ben Archer is Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character. And Sandy finds a new uh, boyfriend that she's clearly been with for a while. So you feel right. like at this point, Ben would kind of be okay with it. But I think he's in more annoyed that he's lasted so long. To the point where he's moving in and they're going to get married. Also, don't you think you would have known him a little bit better by that point? Like that's a what, little bit that's better? That's what I was thinking. Like it's you would like, have known this guy. You know what? He would have been. It's, just like, it's like the first time they've ever hung out. It's like some weird dynamics here. Uh, well, was like, uh, the scenario where Sandy is like, not just not bringing Jack around, uh, Jack being Chevy Chase's character, uh, you know, just not bringing him around Ben yet because she knew what would happen. She knew Ben's feelings. So she's just been going on all these dates and things like this for a while now, just not, you know, and like, clearly he had been introduced at some point because he was like, oh, Ben is uh, upset with moving in. I can't believe, you know, like, so they've had some interaction, but not enough. So I feel like it's been this, like, there's he, a divide. He's yeah, there's been a divide there. And him moving in is part of like the we got to get things because he knows nothing about this child. Does she yeah. even talk about him? Well, one, she doesn't give enough information to I don't think she even Jack. I don't think she even talks about him. About her son and talks to her son about him. I think she was living a double life. Almost maybe. Well, not not like a secret double life, but like, like this is over here with my boyfriend stuff. This is my son. She's so obsessed with her son, though. So you'd feel like she would. She would talk about. Yeah, she. uh, She did leave out important details, though. Like just like details about Ben that she probably should have mentioned. Like, don't call him Benny. Right. Like you know, like. Maybe she just didn't think anybody would do it, or the right guy won't call him Benny. Oh my God, what a trap, right? <laughs> what a fucking trap. Well, we we mentioned while watching it, like, did she just have him move in to set him up for failure? Yeah, maybe she wanted to break break it off with him, but in a way that made sense. Yeah. So then imagine the whole movie, they actually become super tight, and they care about each other, and she was kind of done with this guy. 
But I don't think she was done. I she think, wasn't. I'm just imagining I, that. I world. think she's she was more would would be done if Ben didn't approve scenario. So she, the moving in and in that working out is more like she can let it off the hook, you know, in this like way. It wasn't me. It was Ben. Yeah, so it's right. let it go. So, uh, but yeah, she doesn't mention the thing about Benny, uh, the, what they do for breakfast every day, like traditional things when, uh, Jack is trying to make a, a, a good breakfast for everybody, which isn't, doesn't look like that good burnt English muffins. And I think he slop messed of a uh, hollandaise sauce. Does he and, have a maid at his house? Yeah, because it looked like he's never made a. He knew the idea of making food, right? And how to make it. He's but he doesn't know how to put the top in the blender before you turn yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah. Just I'll put a rag over the top. That'll stop everything. Yeah, or just yeah. Unplug it first. Like, oh, I fucked up. Or just stop pressing the button. They couldn't. <laughs> he's like, ah. Well, there's a fire starting in the pan with the something was cooking in the pan. I think it was a bacon. It was maybe destroying. bacon that was on fire. The grease caught fire. It looked like. I, I don't really know there. Well, happening? you hit one button, and then all of a sudden, like the gas lit up, and like those those aren't connected. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what was happening there. But yeah, so it's it's you know Ben and Jack basically overall throughout the entire film have to kind of get to know each other better and uh, you know tell each other to become a family. And it's almost like the lesson is uh is almost like overall like. You know, for almost more for kids, like in those situations, like, you know, if, your, if your mom does find somebody else, it, they might end up being an OK person if you get to know them. That's the theme of the movie. I was arguing didn't have a theme only because I don't understand the steps we're taking to make this theme happen. Right. It's a lot of steps. And even like the title, Man of the House, it's like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's the man of the house. And you very much feel that in the beginning because it's like everyone's like almost afraid of him. We're talking about him like being like he keeps talking about is Jack a serial killer, but he showed serial killer almost Norman Bates like tendencies. Yes, mother. Yes, mother. Being being very mother obsessed and then like yelling at everybody. Very controlling. So it was like it was not even like Norman Bates. It was like Norman Bates to a point. But imagine if you took Norman Bates and mixed him together with like another one of these like killer kid movie type things, where they like boss the parents around and. And things like that. And it's one of those, you know, mm-hmm. kind of scenarios. Yeah, because Norman... very forceful. Norman's very passive because he's got his yeah, personality very disorder. very passive and submissive to, to mother. Because he, he's split. You know, he's right. got another person inside of his head, basically. Right. Man, I keep meaning to go and watch that show. That's true. That uh, should Bates happen. Bates Motel. It's that's on... All the seasons are on Netflix. That should happen. Uh, so it's definitely uh, definitely one I would love to... Do that, but knock out Stranger Things first. Yeah, we're getting... Trying to get there. Once you get there. We're gonna f- almost finish with Jessica Jones. Yeah, I think I've written her off for now. I'll get back to her one and, day. Uh, but then we, you know, if we watch like a movie or we've been busy doing other things, and then we, st- I started watching this Formula One show on Netflix, and then like Kaylee was like, "Oh, that looks cool." And I was like, "Well, I guess I only watched one episode. I'll rewatch it. We get to watch." Sure. So, but that's like a half hour thing. It's different, anyways. Um, but yes, I want to get to Stranger Things. Don't be tricked. The season finale is very long. I mentioned that already? Yes, you mentioned it. Because I was surprised. It was when I was telling you about how Chernobyl was the same way. Yes. And that was only a five-episode thing. Right. And it's just like... Just make another episode. And it's like, yeah, that one, you could have easily five episodes. Like this, wrong with you that? You just had six episodes. Like, I mean, the last episode really does you, you can't, a lot. You can't break it, I guess. I feel it. like you couldn't... Yeah, you probably couldn't have broke it up. Because, like... It'd kill a feel. In between some of the it's episodes, do there's, it. like, time that passes. Uh-huh. So, like, 
to have that last episode have too much time pass. Probably maybe. right. You probably you lose the momentum of yeah, what you were building. Probably. Which I mean, that's the same way with Stranger Things too. But it's just like when you're expecting to watch one before you go to bed, and like I can finish this. I'm like Jesus. Well, all right. Just watching a whole movie. So here we go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, Keep I, in mind, I just marathoned. Um, well, I mean, that might have happened a lot. A lot of those might have happened together. And I was like, I just have one left, but I could have waited to finish that. If Remember I was, when that was like the word marathon? It now it's like binge. Now it's binge. Yeah, because it's they stress that just stresses how unhealthy it is, <laughs> right? Whenever you you never binge on something good, it's always like too much. Yeah, you admit it in the word you yeah. binge. Yeah, as opposed to a marathon, it's like oh, I'm working out, I'm, I'm accomplishing something. A binge, you're just punishing yourself. <laughs> but people say it as a positive thing. It's because they're masochists. <laughs> Most people are. Uh, even Ben in this movie, I feel like, is masochist. In a different movie, he kills people. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. In, in a different version of this with some scarier music and things like that, he, he definitely kills people. 110%. Um, but one... Lo- I mean... Yeah, just to, yeah, take it through the narrative, I guess. I mean, We could take it through the narrative. Just a little wanna, bit. Just a little, a little bit. bit. I mean, uh, so I won't get this. There's a lesson I learned from this movie as well. Oh, you can. But t- I, I won't get to that yet. Then. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through the steps. I, I don't. I don't want to get to. Just tell us. Just tell. We'll tell a story. We'll tell, it's yeah, not a, we'll, we'll tell a story. Made a man of the house. <laughs> uh, you know, it's unfortunate that Ben's dad did leave. Ben's dad left at when uh, when he was quite young. Uh, just took off with his secretary. He said he needed his own space. Mm-hmm. And left off with his secretary. And as he's driving away, he doesn't. Waves. He does a real, like, real big fuck you waved like, adios, fucker. Yeah. As he drives away from his child. But Ben uh, ended up kind of. The secretary waves too. Ben ended up pretty much liking the scenario, being with his mom all the time. Right. Well, because then he was man of the house. It was yes. all about him. And he pretty much never gave any other guy a chance. No. Uh, like, and she took her his approval to like the like, uh-huh. you know, cut off. So it's funny though, like maybe that's why she kept Jack away for so long. To actually give it a shot. Yeah, I want to get to know somebody for once. Right. Because my, because she could value her son's judgment. But then you know if he's always judging them and she respects that, it's like, like it, basically what I'm saying, it wasn't like a negative thing. She's like, I believe my kid, but let's keep him out of this yeah. for now. Let's just let he's, me. He's too let's, involved. Let, let's be. Let's be an adult. Because next thing you know, this guy, this new guy I'm going to meet is going to trip with a kite again. <laughs> and then he's going to have to ride him off. He's going to trip with, he's gonna trip with a kite. I'm going to look at my son. He's going to shake his head no. Like, and he's out of here. Fuck him. Get out of here. You tripped on rocks? Get out. You don't know how to run on rocks with a kite? Get the fuck out. Maybe maybe Ben did kill that guy. Yeah, ben, I mean, Ben, had, we know Ben has high standards. Um, not only because of the people that he wants his mom to be with. But also, like, when they move into a new apartment, this place looks pretty good. And even when they just had furniture, it, they didn't do anything to the walls. It's a cool loft. It's a cool loft. And he... Uh, this place it, is gross. Yeah, he deemed it as gross. Which... Gross apartment. He thought a lot of things were gross. Girls. thought girls were gross. Which kind of... Well, I was mentioning while watching it, uh, bleeds into some other things about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Uh, who is, in fact, uh, does does think uh, girls are gross in real life. So. Well, he just doesn't want to do things to them. No, that's... that's he, right. I'm sure he respects them as human beings. As far as other things related to Jonathan Taylor Thomas as well... Yes. Is, 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 outside of this movie... Yes. Uh, 
He's also reading a magazine that has a giant Lion King advertisement on it as Correct. well. So it's like weird uh, outside world meta bleeding into the uh, real world thing. It's true. In the, from his actual life into this uh, this film. Outside of the girls being gross. There's also the Lion King little connection there as well. Yes. Uh, but, you know, so you first get to meet Jack. And I didn't realize he was a U.S. Work for the U.S. attorney. They just they kept saying it. Later on, they did. But they said that yeah, they said he was a U.S. attorney a few times. But I not right away. When he's, he's a prosecutor. He's a prosecutor for the government, so I mean he's an, an attorney. So he'd be a government attorney. Right, he's an attorney, but uh-huh. I thought I just thought he was like a lawyer. I didn't know he was like a U.S. Like, was well, as, as a prosecutor, like a government attorney. Uh-huh. I that's didn't what, realize that. That's what a prosecutor would have to be. Right, right, but I didn't know he was with like he's working on these like very big like government close cases and things like that. It was a mob. Well, the only one we see is what we assume is a mob trial. Right, and well, then there's like the Native American one too. Yeah, like I didn't correct. know he was so high up. Is yeah. what I'm saying. He's I didn't know he was like this, like you know, top yeah. U.S. attorney. He's a serious guy, which is confusing when he doesn't know stuff. It's, it's, I'm uh, like how to just be a person sometimes. Right, because as a prosecutor, you're all about the law and stuff, but that means you isn't it. When you're presenting a case to somebody, you usually know how to win an argument. He won no arguments with this child, which I guess is... he doesn't. Well, he thinks reading books... Again, we can explain him by saying he's book smart. Yeah. So, but I mean... So he goes to books for everything. Uh-huh. And, you know, kids are sometimes smarter than adults, and they think they can outsmart him. Well, especially, especially an adult who's insecure about the situation he's in. Right, and he's trying so hard... Overdoing it. ...to, you right. know, gain the love of uh, little Benny there. Sure is. Taking him to the woodshed. Oh my god! That's somebody else's idea. That was the Silver Fox. Silver Fox. That's his fake name, not his real name. His real name was uh, Red. Red Sweeney was the character's name. Cool. He was very controlling, but we'll get to him later. We'll get to him. He's yeah. he's uh, he's a great character. So do you find out Jack? He's an attorney, and he's doing this case with the. Uh, with his mob boss. He puts his, like, mob boss away for a long time. Yeah. He basically threatens him in court that something bad's going to happen to him. Right. And the the son of this mob boss uh, threatens him right then and there. Yep. Like, hey, you know, you're going to pay for putting my dad how away. Is, for, how is that allowed? For 50 years. Even though, like, they might not have anything on those three guys, they know they're mobsters. There's no, like, police, like, just around. Right. Uh, and an open threat to a U.S. attorney. They should have locked them all up right then. Physical threat? No. Plenty of motivation. I mean... In the courtroom still. Right, not even outside. Everybody's still around. Not even in the hallway. In the room. Uh, well, after this, this is kind of like your first introduction to Jack. Him being a lawyer, his relationship with Sandy, and things like that. And then you go to uh, find out that Jack is moving in. And obviously Ben is not thrilled about the situation of Jack moving in. Yeah, he's territorial. You know, Jack's showering. He's singing uh, Dinah Won't You Blow Your Horn. Which is normal uh, behavior. A song that you sing uh, when, when outside of like 1910. It's a song to sing. Song was, it's a uh, song to sing when there's not many other songs to sing. Jack has other choices of songs he can sing. Yeah, let's please look up the the history of Dinah. Won't you blow your horn? Uh, well, that's I've been working on the railroad. This the song? Yeah. 
Oh. That's part of I've been working on the rest and won't you blow your heart. I never sing that far. <laughs> I thought it was other two different Anyways, songs. Uh you know so, there are two different songs. So you know in, in the year nineteen ninety five, the song you're singing for, uh from eighteen ninety four. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is not my other songs to sing. To be fair, like we knew that song. Or parts, most, or most, I'll say parts of that song as a child. I knew that part. I remember that part. Don't blow your horn. I remember that part. Uh, but yeah, I've been working on the railroad. Oh, uh, uh, the live long day. Yeah, I mean, it's a song a lot of people know. You know, it, but it was a song that was published in 1894. And he's singing it in 1995 in the shower. And then humming it later on in the movie. It's, the only, it's his favorite song. <laughs> it's his favorite song. It's like his metronome. He sets it's, his life to, I've been working on the railroad. Can't you? <laughs> That's just like, why is that, of all songs, your favorite song? is Of all songs that have been out in that time period. Is is I've been working on the railroad, and your favorite part to sing is the uh, Dinah Won't You Blow Your Horn well, didn't, part. Oh, it was popular. Didn't Madonna cover it? Yeah. <laughs> she put out a record called I've Been Working on the Railroad. It's sad that in uh, you know, in the popular in the, on Wikipedia, in the I'm going to add this to Wikipedia, uh, in the pop culture section uh, for uh, working on the railroad. Well, this isn't mentioned. This movie is not mentioned. How shocking! Well, you you got your Wikipedia account right. You're an editor. Yeah. There's even there's a episode of Star Trek Voyager in which this is mentioned. That's okay. It says in an episode named Virtuoso of Star Trek Voyager, a character named the Doctor sings parts of the song to alien guests in Voyager's sick bay. Yeah, well, because the Doctor is a main character and he's a he's a hologram. Yeah, and he's real big on. Uh, <laughs> I've been working on the railroad. What's fair is there's a reason why characters in Star Trek are obsessed with like the 19th century and the 20th century. Because in that universe, there's a third world war and society basically ends after that. So when they look back to like, you know, historical earth or, you know, pop culture of earth, that's what they get. Like nothing. And that's why we're more advanced, you know, in universe, like why we're more advanced than they are now. Like why it takes so long for them to go to space and be a futuristic society is because there was a third world war. But then again, we could be reaching that third world war in current times. So who knows? I don't know what you're reading over there. I was just reading the a part, uh, some information about I've been working on the railroad. What, which part is racist? Um, Many. Well, the Dinah part kind of is. So is she uh, is she the is someone's she, in the kitchen with Dinah section, which is like the section after the who's with Dinah. So so who's it's like, with Dinah. So you know, it's like can't you hear the whistle blowing? Rise up in the early in the morn. Can't you hear the captain shouting? Dinah, blow your horn. Dinah, blow. And then it's like. After the Dinah blow your horn part, it's like someone's in the kitchen with Dinah that's strumming the old banjo. That's like part of the song. Uh-huh. We all know. Who's in the kitchen with Dinah? Uh, so it says, the someone's in the kitchen with Dinah section with its noticeably different melody is actually an older song that has been absorbed by I've Been Working on the Railroad. It was published as Old Joe or oh, no. Somebody in the House with Dinah in London in the 1830s or 40s. Okay. So that song predates the I've Been Working on the Railroad. Okay. Uh, with music credited to G.H. Cave. Okay. Or J.H. Cave, sorry. Okay. Uh, Dinah, the term Dinah, was a generic name for an enslaved African woman. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And this is Jack... 
Uh, <laughs> oh my! This God. is Jack Sturgis's favorite song, and his favorite part is the Dinah part. Oh my God! <laughs> he he's just he just loves singing fee 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 fi fiddly i o. You don't remember that part of the song either. I don't. Fee fi fiddly i o. I don't. I think when I got to that part, this is too long. My brain That's just shut end. down. That's the end. My brain shut down. Well, then the 1894 version version. Oh my! Yeah, I can only. The version. I bet a I, verse much like the modern song, though in uh, Negro minstrel dialect, but with an intro that is no longer sung. Yeah, what's that? Should we not read it uh, on well, the air? It says, "I once did know a girl named Grace. I'm walking on the levee. <laughs> she done bring me." To this sad disgrace, oh, walking on the levee. God, I, what is this country? <laughs> I've been walking on the railroad all the live long day. He was just singing a minstrel song in the bathroom in 1995, and he is we totally oblivious. We're, everybody's oblivious. That's what it does. That's what this place does. And it's funny. It makes we, it an open secret. While we were talking about this. Everything is racist. Well. While we were talking... That's what we did to this place. While we were talking about this, I was going to say to you, like, isn't, like, working on the railroad, like, a, Probably. Like a racist thing? Like, it reminds me of, like, uh, you know, like, in Blazing Saddles, which is, like, obviously, like, right. jokingly racist. It's called satire. Uh, he's, you know, they're, they're, wor- they're working on the railroads. Right. And the one guy's like... You know, sing that song, the Camp Town Ladies, the Camp Town Ladies. Like that's the song you right. guys sing. So that, like, this song made me think of that. Uh-huh. Uh But yeah, there's some other uh, questionable parts. You know, um, you know, Dinah, won't you blow Dinah blow your horn? Uh, sing a song, oh the city, roll that cotton bale, nigga ain't half so happy. <laughs> Are you serious? As when he's out of jail. Are you serious? Are you being serious? Or are you just having fun here? Are you serious? I'm reading. Are you having fun? I'm here? reading quoted are words. Are you just being like, what the hell am I looking at? This is the original 1894 Jesus version. Jesus Christ! The, this minstrel version. God damn it! You know what America gave to the world? We gave people the minstrel show. When I was looking it up one time, it was like one of the most American things, like as far as like entertainment goes, like England gave us theater or goes back to Rome or what the minstrel show was given to the world by the United States of America. What are we doing? Everything you just said is just on Wikipedia. So, I mean, I'm just, what the hell? That's not how you spell New Orleans. (laughs) New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hopefully nobody's offended, but I was literally just reading lyrics. Literally just coming off of Wikipedia for a song. A song that we as children knew, I've been working on the railroad. They didn't know these parts. <laughs> well, I didn't know that it was in this, like, uh... uh yeah, this, this, uh, this, um, what's the Disney movie? This uh, is a Disney Uncle, movie we watched. Yeah, Uncle Remus, uh, version. Yeah, the Uncle Remus version is not the, great. I didn't know the Uncle... These aren't even words! I didn't know the Uncle Remus remix of I've Been Working on the Railroad. I only knew the, uh, the modern, uh, version of what, I've Been Working on the Railroad. At what part? I'm glad we were, I'm glad we were taught the, uh, modern version. 
just like every other part of American history, I've been working on the railroad was whitewashed for us. Literal whitewashing. Uh, for the better. <laughs> do you, would you, are you, would you wish you would have been singing the other version as a child? No. So you're no. going to say that you would rather have it be I wish, I wish the there would have been a conversation about the so song. We don't do the song anymore? Maybe not, never sing the song. Cause yeah, we're like, I mean, how many, how like, many times do you hear the we song We just now? love, we just, all the time. I think I just saw it at a campaign rally yesterday. I mean, <laughs> I think I mean, it was, a f- I, I mean, think I stopped watching the video when I got to these, this part, though. I think there, they sang it. There might be people that work on the rail lines that sing this song. I'm going to hop on the Metro and say, hey, hey dude. Well, I'm going to hop, next time I have you know any song? train, no matter what kind of train it is, uh-huh. I'm going to sing the original version. <laughs> oh, just sing it to the ethers of the world? Just, like, put it out there? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, there might be somebody like, on the... Yeah, hop on the L. Yeah, when you hop on the L, there might be somebody already singing. More, yeah. like, you know, on the blue line. Trying handle for some money. They're already singing, annoying everybody, usually. Jeez, uh, I like when people sing to me on the train. I feel like most people don't enjoy when that happens, especially when it's loud, like, louder than anybody's okay, so talking. What, so what will you be doing then? I'll this? be singing the real version, the original uh, 1894 version of well, this Well, I hope you, you you have it preloaded and saved on your phone, or you have, like, a novel with you. It's so many words. Oh, I'm going to memorize it. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you memorize it by the time the show closes out and just sing us out? This is fucking awful, I'm not going to sing that again. This is awful. I sang enough of it, and it was bad How enough. How do they, they spell working? W-U-K-K-I-N. Apostrophe. Working. God, son of a bitch. I've been walking on the on the railroad. <laughs> it's not yeah. even Nolans. It's New Orleans. Jesus Christ. Look what we learned from this, from we this did, movie. We did learn something. This movie uh, taught... Yeah. Was, you know what it is? If you like something about American culture, look it up. It's racist. It'll be racist, and you have to accept that well, and mean, move on with your I life. Mean, the racist part of this song actually kind of brings us into the kind of middle act of this movie as to when Jonathan Taylor Thomas' character, Ben, decides, oh, he learns about this Indian tribe group that's like the Boy Scouts, and uh, this is, he thinks this is a possible way to get Jack out of here because why would he want to participate in something so right. so, so silly? And how can I embarrass him to the most, like, utmost possible thing to really get him away? But the thing is, I see Ben's thinking to an extent, but if he really thought about it, what Jack wants to do here is get closer to Ben. So why would you want him to go with you to a thing to get closer to you? That that the whole purpose is to get closer to you. Because he he wants to... I'm going to get him real good. I'm going to take him to this thing... Where uh, where the purpose is uh, gaining trust and getting close to uh, your son. Because the closer he feels, he knows, he, JTT knows he's so, Ben knows he's so repellent. The closer he is with Jack, the closer he sucks him into this net, he can just screw him up. Right. Because he knows he's a manipulative right. bastard because maybe he's done this before. Didn't he say it was like, he was talking on the phone probably to Monroe, his buddy. Yeah. Wasn't it like this, he was like how it's the same, he pulled a so-and-so act? Yeah. Like, he's got a whole thing written down. Yeah, he's got a whole... This was just a new part of his thing. The Indian tribe. He had to take it to the next level. You know, to really screw over Jack. Yeah, just more escalation to ruin a guy's life. Yeah. And he. And all Jack wants to do is just bang his mom. Right. All the time. Right. I mean... They, they it's, try. It's Farrah Fawcett. They try. To be fair. Right. It's like, she was like a sex symbol poster on 
millions of people's walls. Uh, you know. Were you looking at her poster as a child as you were singing working on the road? No, I mean, that poster oh, okay. was like, I think, beyond our... Uh, I mean, you might have been able to still get it at like Spencer Gifts. Google one. But beyond our time, I think, was the, the, that like iconic Farrah Fawcett poster. Well, and the haircut. Like what? the 70s. 70s, and the haircut. Her yeah, haircut was yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, the haircut, Charlie's Angels. Let's just do some research over here. Let's look up of a... There's a Farrah Fawcett 70s poster. Farrah Fawcett, the poster? The iconic Fair Fawcett poster. Yeah, we're doing some American history here. It's the swimsuit poster. I mean, it's the it's the the one, like the poster, this one in the swimsuit. It's a good one. Yeah, it's the it's a classic. You can get on eBay for twelve bucks. I wouldn't trust yeah. that. No, the hair obviously at the time Charlie's Angels, big deal. Definitive. So. Definitive of a decade. Oh yeah. For sure. I just saw they're making a new Charlie's Angels. Because the, fr- the franchise just won't die. This one, uh, I've seen Elizabeth Banks is uh, like the producer or director. She's in it too. She's like the new Bosley. She huh. is. Cute. And uh, yeah, the one chick that was in uh, Power Rangers is Kimberly. And more recently in Aladdin is Jasmine, I think, is in it. Sweet. And I think, uh, what's the girl from uh, Twilight? She's in it. Kristen Stewart? Yes. And then the third person, I can't remember. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yes. Robert, he is the third angel. <clears throat> you know those other uh, Charlie's Angels movies? Uh, they were wild. They're out of control. They were they're wild. Like, they're so insane that they're like good in a weird way. I watched, I think I watched both of those, both of those in theaters and I was blown away. I watched, the, I didn't know what to think of them. I watched the second one in theaters cause that's when I worked at the movie theater. We had shirts at the time. Charlie's Angels yeah. full throttle. I think uh, I, that I, one is even more out of control yes, than the first one. I think that's the only one I saw like, in theaters. There's like a tank that falls off a cliff and they're like in it and they're like jumping out, shooting was, the tank. And were like, those movies fast? That's the opening of the movie. Were those movies Fast and the Furious before Fast and the Furious was Fast and the yes. Furious? That sounds like, yes. I'm just putting it together now. Yes, but like. It's almost like, but the instead of having like a more like congruent story, it's like little like set pieces. Yes. It's like these little segments that yes. put the story together. Yes. But yeah, I remember the second one was like a bigger big deal because like Demi Moore had not been in a movie in a long time. Right. And it was like her like big like she was the she had a, she was the bad guy in the movie. Right. And uh, or bad girl. And uh, Ooh, naughty. And I remember that. And I also remember uh, he was the bad guy in the first one, or part of the bad guys was. I'm blanking, man. I'm blanking, man. Uh, from Back to the Future. Christopher Lloyd. No. Marty McFly. No. The Biff? dad. The dad. Oh, okay. What's his name? Why am I blanking? He is in Friday the 13th. He does a silly dance. He was... He's kind of a wha- uh, out there guy. Michael Fox. No. Not Michael Fox. Doc Brown. Biff. Buford Tannen. Why am I blanking on his name? I got nothing, man. God. I feel like an idiot. Crispin Glover. There you go. He is like the bad guy. And he's like... In the second one, though, he's like even more Does absurd. he have like a claw or something? 
no, he's just in the man. He's like wears a black suit and he's like real crazy. But he's like obsessed with like he's I think it's Lucy Liu's character he's obsessed with, and he like carries around her hair in the second one and like keeps like sniffing it and like being crazy. I think he ends up dying and he ends up turning good in the second one and helping them, and I think he ends up dying. It's a lot. Lou, there's a and then like Bill Murray's in the first one as Bosley, but then he obviously didn't want to come back or something because then Bernie Mac. Is yes, Bosley, and yes. then they make like a joke about like, oh, there's like a bunch of Bosleys, or like, they're brothers, and there's like weird, and there's some right. weird connected sure. way or something. I don't know. God, those are probably due for a rewatch because they'd, they'd be insane. Yeah, they. From what I remember, them being absolutely insane. I would love to rewatch those. They, yeah, they're out. They're just like, the and then. Yeah, they're just they're just so wacky. The second one is just so crazy. It's so crazy. Yes. It's just it's yeah, but this one looks a little bit more still we're having fun, but it's a little bit more actiony seriousy than uh silly than the uh those other ones. Like I remember the one had like a full dance scene. Just cuz they needed to fill they needed to fill this movie with something. They decided to make it, so they got to put something in it. McG, that's your guy. He made those movies, both of them. Yeah, I, that sounds familiar. That was always, that was his like uh, claim to fame. Yeah, it's a lot of producing Supernatural. Weird. Yeah, claim to fame was the Charlie's Angels movies. Those was like his first big directing gig out, out of uh, music videos. Right. And just, it makes sense that he did music videos because they much they feel like music videos. Right. Just like you said, set pieces. Just nonstop uh, music videos. And in this movie, we almost get like a little music video. Uh, well, well, yeah, the, but we don't need to. Well, the we don't need to watch it. Well, the you know tribe is doing their thing, and uh, Jack and um, Ben are getting to know each other more and doing their thing with the you know the tribe. They they go to do a rain dance with an actual Native American that Jack happens to know. It's kind of his way of almost getting back at Ben because he knows his plan now, and it's like. Okay, we're I'm gonna really get into this now, and we're really gonna get into this. Yeah, but Ben did something to him when he was this Native American is petitioning the U.S. government for land grants. Well, yeah, he told uh, Jack to dress up in authentic Indian uh, garb. The term authentic Indian is uh, thrown around a lot in this movie. Yeah, I don't think any of it was. And you know he got on a limb. Uh, puts this paint on his face that he knows Jack is allergic to, and ends up causing a rash on his face. Which offends this Native American guy who knows Jack. He's like, what are you doing, man? The thing is, though, if you know the guy, you should believe his story and maybe not be so offended by the situation. But also, it looks like he was trying to win his court case. So he's using it to, like, they're friends, but they're doing this, like, they've worked with each other. Right. So then he's like, clearly, uh, judge, clearly this is an offense to my nationality. Yeah. Which, so he was... Yeah, just, he's trying to win his court case, yeah. He's using it for that. So, yeah. But, uh... And then, yeah, there's a little rain dance sequence where there's a whole dance scene with uh, everybody was, dance now wasn't playing it, wasn't at it Re- CNC Music Factory. Wasn't it like Leonard Red Crow? Was that his name? Yeah. Wasn't it Red Le- Crow? Yeah, Leonard Red Crow. And his real name was, Leonard. I think his, yeah, Leonard, in the movie Something. it was like Leonard George. Red Crow was like the family. Yes, uh, the, the family. tribe name mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but yeah, and then you're introduced to like these like characters that are like these, the dads, George Went of Cheers fame, played Norm. He's like the main dad. Uh, then you have this one guy who's real serious. But you confused me for a second because his kid's name is Norm in this movie. His kid's name is Norman or Norm. So I was confused for a second because like, it's Norm, but then kid's Norm. Yeah, kid's Norm. So it's not Norm Norm, it's a different universe. Yeah. But 
Little in-joke there. A little in-joke there. And then you had this other dad who was uh, Mr. Circus Performer Silent Dad, who just did wacky mime shows the whole movie. I'm okay with that. That's a skill. Yeah, you hated the first one. What? When he just started doing it in the living room. Well, cause no, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't. No, no, no. You appreciated the art, but you didn't find it as funny as the. Yeah, yeah. You're misjudging. Yeah, and I didn't hate it. I thought it was impressive as shit. But I don't know why anyone would be falling over laughing about it. No, right? it wasn't that funny. Like it's watching somebody. It's a basically watching like somebody breakdance. Kids, maybe. Like when you're a kid watching this, maybe you think that part's funny. No. He's falling over. I didn't. I don't think. I think I might have smirked as a no, kid. No, you probably. I like, want to bust it out laughing. I bet this was like your favorite part. You rewound it over and over again. You're like, Mom, watch. And your mom's like, Fucking stupid. I yes, that's what I would. That's what I would. That's what I would do. You never rewound your favorite parts in movies to rewatch them over again? This wasn't... I'm talking about this particular part, and this was not one of my favorite parts in movies. And no, I don't think I rewound many movies because you watch the movie in its completion the way it was meant to be viewed. Oh, sometimes I would rewind spots. No, I wasn't a fucking loser. Like watching Terminator and he's Terminator 2 and he's blowing up shit and No, I want to watch... I don't want to ruin the moment. I rewind it and rewatch them. Yeah, that's That's like you watching little YouTube clips now. But you didn't have YouTuber clips back then, no, so you just kept rewinding the, the movie. Or, like, funny parts in movies, you rewind it. No, you laughed once, it's over. Ha <laughs> laugh again. Yeah, you, you uh, sometimes, sometimes I watch the same movie twice in one night. That can happen. I remember, like, me and my cousin, we would watch Dumb and Dumber. That's fine. At least, like, we'd watch it, like, Ace Ventura. Because like, you watch a movie, night. you watch its beginning, middle, and the end. You don't chop it up and just watch whatever you want, willy-nilly style. No, we weren't just chopping it up. I mean, I meant rewind as in, like... You're watching the movie and you wind it back to rewatch that part and then finish the rest of the movie. I know what you mean. Yeah, you don't chop up the movie back and forth. You that's not what the director envisioned. Did my own edit. Yeah, my own director's cut. Couldn't even watch the movie. You had to control the movie. You might get your. I wasn't film. doing this when other people were around. Yeah, you were controlling. Their you made the whole family watch this movie the same part eighteen times. You made an hour and a half movie last five hours. You laughed at the same part for thirteen hours. 13 hours is a 13 long. hours? Why was I, why was <laughs> I not going to sleep? He's shitting, huh? Is that like Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, maybe I like poop. You do. You do like poop. Um, Well, you know, yeah, and then obviously like throughout the process of this tribe thing and everything, uh, you know, Ben and Jack do end up becoming closer to the point where Ben is, depending on Jack... To be there for this like canoe trip. Yes. And Jack doesn't make it because there's a hit out on him that we've kind of yeah. forgotten about for a while in this movie. Yeah, it comes, it throws it back in your face. Throws it back in your face, and Jack almost dies. His brakes are cut. Uh, you know, when you're driving a car and your brakes are cut, you mm. you don't try to slow it down by maybe just even sliding into something or pushing up against. Hit anything. the curb. Hit anything. Right or like. Just, gr- if you have to, like, you're about to grind up against a building's wall. Hit a small tree. There were plenty of small trees where he was at. Along, like, the sidewalks? Yeah, just, like, turn the wheel and kind of, like... You're not going to get that hurt. No, and it, I mean, the idea is not to die. Right. So he did avoid two giant trucks to not right, die. Right, because he's weaving through traffic when he's just taking himself out of commission. Right. And, uh, but this during this point, you know, Ben is upset because he thinks... That uh, his new, what he thinks is going to be stepdad, is doesn't show. And normally, at, uh, some sort of like function like this, where everybody else that you know is there, and they're all going to go on this canoe trip, and uh, you know they would the, normally the dad in charge would just let you go home, 
unsupervised. Not even go home. Just let you just stand at the dock yeah. as they drive away and wave to you. Ah. Uh, Which brought back bad memories. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, real bad. The whole. Yeah. He's crying. The floodgate happens. This is the part when you remember, oh, yes, he is. He has attitude, but he is still just a child. And broken. <laughs> and He's broken. a broken child. He's a broken kid. And then uh, Jack comes back to, uh, uh, you know, explain himself. And right. And just says he has car trouble. So, naturally, he thinks it's a lie. He do- he lies to them. It doesn't tell them that he was almost murdered. And then later on, Ben says, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We would have understood more. Right. Duh. Ben Duh. thinks. Right. Ben thinks. He's just lying to get out of seeing him, but he is still lying. But the so, but just telling so like in a way he proves that he's still kind of a shitty guy. Tell the truth. Not to mention if a if a mob has a hit out on you, maybe your future family should know about it. He doesn't even tell his mom. Right. She should at least know. Doesn't tell her. She doesn't end up finding out anything about the hit until after they're out of the woods. Right. She doesn't know. She has no idea. Because they end up going on this camping trip together, and it's kind of like uh, Jack's trying to do one big final thing. He even doesn't take a case to go right. on this trip. And one big final hurrah to get Ben, you know, to win the, the love and trust of Ben. And, you know, they go on this camping trip, and then the bad guys, the mob guys are... Uh, the, before they were like, we need to make this look like an accident. Now they're just in the woods with a rifle. Yeah, so... And Ben ends up finding out that the guys are there. And, you know, the other... Well, because it's a very ridiculous revelation. Right. Well, they're, they're in the water fishing for There's a, a mobster fishing with his hands, and he catches yeah. a fish, and talks about how much he likes fishing now, and he's never done it before in his life. Right. And, but then later on, he complains about having fish stuff on him. God. Then why are you in the water? And if you're going to hunt somebody and make it look like an accident, you could dress like hunters. They're in, like, their nice suits. Well, we, we find out what their plan actually is when once they capture Ben and Jack... Uh, they're going to blow them up with a di- cartoonish dynamite in a mine, in an abandoned mine. I mean, the movie just goes off the rails. Literally, Chevy Chase's character says, why didn't you just throw off, throw us off a cliff or something? And then Ben suggests this ridiculous murder fantasy. It is, I can't even recite it because I don't remember all the words from it. It's so insane. And then the mobster who's killed people before says... This kid is sick. He's a demento. He's a de- demento. A little demento. He's a little demento. You should get him looked up by a psychiatrist or something. Yeah, but... What? And then they light the fuse to, like, they, this dynamite they got from the Acme company. Right. It's so long. It, and But then, obviously, the other dads come to save the day. They come and help out, knock out the bad guys. It's when it's a cartoon. Because it could have got real dark here. Yeah. This movie isn't that ridiculous up until this point. No. Uh, but... And obviously it all ends up okay. Ben and uh, Jack, you know, have this relationship. He's okay with his mom marrying Jack. And they get married at the end. It's all one big happy story. Just keep in mind, the mobsters were held at arrow point. Because all the kids came back with bows and arrows. And all the, and they had a rifle. And they had a rifle. Well, I mean, they would have shot one person and they would have got arrowed. But then the kids... How sharp were the arrows that these kids are using? Well, the arrows are able to pin one guy all around his body because everyone's a master shot. Everybody's fucking Oliver Queen over here. They all here. only learned arrows from Red Crow. Recently. Well, that's where the skill comes from. Then he taught him well, I guess. <laughs> so you pin the guy's suit in a cartoonish fashion, like a circus, to like a wall. Then they use the dynamite gets stopped by an arrow, mm-hmm. and then Chevy Chase eventually gets the rifle and butts the main 
because his dad was the guy that he put away earlier. Right. Why he's have to get him. So it hits him in the head with a butt of a rifle. But it's just this ridiculous action scene. And then Silver Fox is flying through the air in a rope and then kicks a guy in the head. <laughs> Very slowly, I might add. They could have just shot him with the rifle. And honestly, if you if you got a bunch of arrows pointing at you and you have a rifle, you could pop, you'd probably take like five guys before you got actually hit with an arrow. It's such an insane climax to this movie. It really is just off the walls. And then it just ends with like a wedding and it's like all back to normal and we're fine. It's very bizarre. It gets like this one crazy part. It's very bizarre. Uh, but, you know, I mentioned before there were, and before we end this episode and things like that, I wanted to mention... Um, uh, well, there was one really sad part with this uh, sleepover with Norm and this kid that didn't have any friends. Yeah, because Norm earlier was, that's how he got into the Indian stuff, is because Norm was stuffed in a locker. He frees him. He's dressed up in this his goofy vest that he actually, that it means a lot to him. When you first see it, it's a goofy vest. Eventually, well, you'll tell that part because you mentioned it. But the point is, this kid gets locked in lockers and then Jonathan Terry Thomas... Let's them out, and they become friends, and gives them a little pamphlet to join the Indian tribe stuff. And then eventually he gets to a sad part. Yeah, that you're talking about. Yeah, you're talking about which the sad is part. which is like that. He just mentions he has no friends. He makes this jest, uh, this jest, this jest, this vest for JTT. Uh, that you know, like because like I don't have a lot of time. I have a lot of time on my hands because I don't have anything to do. I don't have any friends. And it's this real bummer of a part. He's never been invited over to anyone's house before. Yeah. So, and then, you know, Ben kind of is like, didn't want to do the sleepover at first either, but then ends up warming up to the situation. Well, because what you do for a kid once you connect with them, and the kid talks about, he doesn't talk about how the fact that his dad is a stepdad, they don't relate on that part at all. Even though that's, his dad is also a stepdad. That he has in the tribe and stuff, right. but they don't connect in that part at all, which would he be a, that a huge moment. To just even just to mention, yeah. like that could like he could first think like um, Ben could think that he's like a he's just like a sad sap, like oh he has no friends. But like yeah, then my my dad left, and then that'd be an instant friendship. But instead, he just he just bonds with him as a human being, which is a nice change of pace for the serial potential serial killer. Right. But then, so what do you do with a kid who's emotionally um, vulnerable? You invite them downstairs just to watch you play video games. <laughs> Maybe they're going to play multiplayer games. They didn't. They really? may have, but... Yeah, Slaughterhouse uh, 5000 is not a real game, so... Splatterhouse was, but not Slaughterhouse 5000. Uh, which uh, Norm didn't even know it was out yet. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick before we you know, wrap everything up is uh, the lesson I learned from this movie... Is what? Is, uh, what did you learn? Tuck before you fuck. Why is that your notes for that part of the movie? Because you're a fucked up human being. You were the one that kept saying, he just wants to fuck his mom, and this is what he's doing. He does. Tucking him in. So right. like, it he him does. In. Tuck before you fuck. Because, like, the mom and dad are, and future dad are, like, about to, like, they're starting to smooch and stuff. Then he goes, hold on. Then goes and tucks in her little boy, and then, like, leans in, like, stares at him. And like he's, I, he imagine him whispering, I'm "Gonna go fuck your mom." <laughs> I mean, it's, it was like a, it's supposed to be a sweet scene, but it came off just weird. It did come off come off weird, but you know, give me uh, the lesson: tuck before you fuck. Even the mom wasn't tucking at her kid. She's like, "We gotta go do something." No, she's done the tuck before you fuck plenty of times. Yeah, but that night she she's didn't. she's she's trying to find the guy. 
who's going to do the tucking before the fucking. God, quit saying it. Stop saying it. It's fucked up. It's staring in my eyes like that. Yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked up. I will say, though, this movie also, uh, obviously, brought back some memories of watching this movie as a kid, but also the memories of being a kid and watching TV and seeing the commercial over and over again for the CD slash cassette tape for Pure Moods because the song Return to Innocence uh, played. And anybody that just Google the song, you hear it the first little bit, you'll fucking Google the commercial for Pure Moods. It's the first fucking song that plays in the goddamn commercial. Well, like five scenes in this movie came back to me and they haunted me clearly. And the his mom and him collect little collect junk by the the river by the shore and make an by the ocean whatever where the fuck they are they're in Seattle so it's the ocean right yeah it's a fucking shit going on by the ocean so they pick up stuff and they put it together in this net and you keep seeing this wall full of little trinkets and stuff and eventually um, Jack puts the finishing touch on it and they make a circle now he put one piece up and it became a circle it was basically a circle before he did it it was missing that piece one piece oh What'd you do? Mom, look what he did. What the fuck did Jack do? Oh, you, oh, she knows. She's an artist. She knows exactly. And also a sketch artist. Like, that's probably how they met. She works at the courthouse. Right? right. That's what, that was Yeah. That was her job. She sketch arts, sketches criminals by day and then but what by else, night uh, makes seashells. What else? Uh, net, net, seashell net collages. What else memories did it bring back? You said it brought back multiple memories and you only mentioned the, the net. Well, because I also remember them having like their little little their little uh, gathering, the rain dance. I'm not gonna call it a powwow when they're inside that when they first get the oh, meeting for the first meeting. And then there's a few other scenes too, um, just in the house, and then um, in the woods. Like this, this came back to me, and I was like, man, this has been in my head the whole whole time. I've lived the whole life, and this has been in my head the whole time. I'm just saying, it's why. Because just things to watch. Yeah. Could have been on TV a bunch of times. Could it's have true. been rented. You get Just because. I mean, this is a movie I watched. I, I, I don't know what family decision would have lead us to renting this movie. Because you liked Home Improvement. You liked Chevy Chase. He's in an, the vacation films. It's an easy connection. Yeah, there's a lot of things that to like about this. Farrah Fawcett was hot. Farrah Fawcett was hot. You liked, maybe you guys were big Cheers fans and you saw George Went was in a movie. We weren't. And you're big on Norm. But that could have been an probably, option for someone. It's probably more the JTT thing. It was. As a kid. Who doesn't like home improvement? Yeah. You watch it. When I catch those on, or I'm in a room where someone may be watching them, I'll laugh. You know why? Because some of those jokes being made now, I didn't get it at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens with a lot of sitcoms no, you like, go back but, and watch. No, but I mean, like, the, the, the whole... I don't know why it didn't occur to me at the time. I, thought, I was just watching the family show. But it is this... This, you know, it's a conservative macho man, obviously, but his wife is like super left wing liberal, which at the time doesn't occur to because those things weren't called that back then right. as much. Right. It wasn't a huge. So I'm like, oh, this is all this is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that that's the JT. It's interesting. The JTT is what pulled you pulled you guys into rent it and Chevy Chase, too. He, he's the dr- who doesn't so, want to watch human Simba. But this is uh, this was also Chevy Chase's uh, only number one. A movie in in the nineties. That's wild to hear. The most successful Chevy Chase movie of the nineteen nineties was this movie. It's that Home Improvement connection. It's a JTT shit. Yeah, I mean, what other what other big Chevy Chase movies can you think of from the nineties? I don't know. I can't. Right, like the memoirs of a Invisible Man. 
That movie bombed hard. I don't even know what that is. It was an Invisible Man movie that he was in. I remember renting it from the video store because uh, obviously when I was younger, I was pretty big on Chevy Chase from like having seen like the vacation films and uh, fucking Caddyshack and stuff like that. So I was pretty pretty high on uh, Chevy Chase. But yeah, at the time, Mesh Lampoon's Vacation... He didn't do a, he didn't do a whole lot in the nineties. Uh, Vegas Vacation was ninety seven, so that's later in the nineties. I do like Vegas Vacation. That wasn't a number one. No, it was not number one when it came out. I think it probably do real well though. Uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe it didn't do so hot depending on what weekend it came out too. But like maybe people were like oh, another one. But I like that one. I, I remember it being I huge. Funny. That probably that might have even been. And uh, Nothing But Trouble was a movie that came out in the nineties. That's mostly people make fun of. I always liked it. Uh, going back and watching it now, it does have some... It's a very odd movie. Yeah. It's like uh, Chevy Chase and Demi Moore, like this rich couple, and they're on, going on a vacation, and they get pulled over in a speed trap in this little town, and uh, John Candy's like the sheriff that pulls them over, yeah. and he takes them, like, takes them to, like, you're going to have to go to court. And they go to this, like mansion that's like in a with a junkyard around it and it's like real creepy looking and dan Eckard plays this decrepit old man oh, gross ew. guy who's like the judge in town and his nose the tip of his nose like is falling is falling off and john candy also plays the sister of the character that he played as well there's these two fat twins that live out in the junkyard that are and then when there's, it's a weird movie. It's a very bizarre it's, movie. It does sound bizarre. It's a bizarre, bizarre film. Anyways, so that's like, I'm just. It makes sense that this was a big, such a big movie for Chevy Chase because JGT, you had the, you, yeah, had, you, you, had, that, you had the home it's improvement, uh, teen heartthrob connection there. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to any, uh, you know, um, IMDb reviews. Uh, so I'll throw a couple out there real quick. Just some, uh, some. So, um, I'm going to go with one that where somebody didn't like this film. Okay. Uh, one sure. of my favorite movies. Those I love are... this movie. It's been a favorite movie of mine since I was a little kid, and I love it to this day. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is hysterical as Ben. Chevy Chase truly embodies Jack, and Farrah Fawcett is great as Sandy. I love the Indian Guide's characters. The kids and their fathers have great chemistry. For anyone who doesn't like this movie, I have to wonder if you were watching the same one I was. If you're looking for a funnier, heartfelt family comedy, then this movie is definitely for you. I highly recommend it. P.S. I actually learned the rain dance. What does that tell you, apart from me being slightly obsessed? Well, that's enough of that. We're quite done with that, aren't we? He learned the rain dance. Why? I... I can't tell you. I wish I wish I wish I could tell you. I wish I could have learned the rain dance. Do you though? Uh, maybe I'll go learn it now after this episode. You but, still uh, can. That, so yeah, go watch Man of the House. It's available on Hulu. Go watch it on Hulu, and I think it's on HBO on demand as well. Uh, so next week on the podcast, I, I I found this film not even trying to find this film in line with the other kind of. Broken home films we've been watching. I don't like I this. I happened going. to just find this, 
I don't like where the this other is going. day and was like, what is this? And because it, it's a uh, feature films for families was a company that made movies such as Buttercream Gang. Oh, shit. Uh, and they made this movie that I found called On Our Own that I found. I saw it on the list of movies that are like these absurd family films uh, from the 80s and 90s. And this movie On Our Own is one of them. Uh, I could uh, it says siblings who've been dumped in, in the foster care system find ways to be on their own, often making mistakes and learning from them along the way. What the hell are you going to do to me next week? What the I have hell never is that going to be? What I have never yes, seen it's going to be depressing and awful. But this is available in full on YouTube, so uh, you can watch on our own from 1988. What kind of racist songs are they going to sing? <laughs> the Camp Town Ladies. Oh my God! Uh, Anything with that old timey beat is just pure. It's just pure racist. It's just awful. So yeah, if you know Buttercream Gang, you'll know how this movie might go. It might be, I might even have some like religious overtones. I feel it uh, might with fr- the family. F- uh, what I call it, what I say it was called feature films for families. That's too much uh, to say. They uh, there was a company that made these fam- all these family films, and uh, this is this is another one of them. And I've never seen this, so I don't know anything about it. Other so than, why do you want to wa- why do you want to watch it? Oh, you read something? I read just that things. That w- no, I didn't read much more than that. It was on a list of absurd, weird eighties, nineties right. family films. And uh, it, apparently, it was on the it was high up on that list. It must be on there for a reason. So, uh, yeah, next week on our own, it's available on YouTube, so you can watch it there. For B movie breakdown, I'm horse's ass. You certainly are. That's sneaky rat. I God, sneaky rat, huh? It's still what we, it's just what we did. <laughs> sneaky rat. Come back next week for more of the best of the worst. It's the best of the worst. <laughs>